0: How we going, mates? Welcome back to The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith. I'm about to be joined by Grant Balfour and UFC champion, mixed martial arts legend, randy couture is going to join us remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago when the angels and the mariners got into a bench clearance what do you do when everyone starts throwing punches in the middle of it or if you get charged 60 feet away if you're on the mound randy's going to talk us through that he's going to give us the best techniques and talk about some of his fights some of the toughest fights he's ever had right here on this episode before we get into that make sure you go subscribe when you subscribe It helps the show. Please go subscribe. We're trying to grow this show. We're having a blast. We've got the best players in Major League Baseball joining us coming up. And we have some people like Randy Couture joining us as well. So join the show. You can ask questions. We will get them answered for you. Make sure you go subscribe and tell your mates. Go share the link with with your mates. It helps us out so we can continue uh, making these, these amazing episodes. All right, let's get right to it. Grant Balfour, Randy Couture. Join me right here on The Top Step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. On the breaking ball, he struck him out. Yeah, that will be a
1: story for the rest of his life <laughs> as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. This is Grant Balfour being Grant Balfour. Yeah. He he is, as you mentioned, Jim, he's amped up. He talks a lot. In fact, he has the demeanor of a guy that wants to fight him say that I'm not killing kill, kill, killing, oh, no. killing, kill, kill,
0: killing oh, no. i don't know if you saw this or not but the angels and the um, and the uh, the mariners got this massive bench clearance brawl so we'll just talk yeah. about that i actually had one of the one of the mariners players on talking me through it but we, I mentioned, I just made one mention. Now I got a bunch of messages from people saying, oh man, can you, ha- can <clears throat> you have him on? Can you have him on? Cause I said, I, I said, I, I need to ask Randy Couture, what do you do in this situation? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's
2: uh, so <laughs> interesting one. I mean, you sent the, sent me the video. I didn't see it when yeah. it happened. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a unique situation for sure. First of all, and you can allude to this, how intentional is it when a guy gets hit like Right, yeah. Well, the, the
0: other thing is, the other part of this is too, is, um, and we, by the way, we're just we're rolling right now, if, you, if you're cool with that.
2: yeah you know, uh, am good.
0: Yeah, so um, the, the other part of it is too, like you've got a guy. So like in that situation, you've got the manager, Phil Nevin. He's actually a good dude. I was actually with him with the Arizona Diamondbacks He's, a, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's not a bad dude. He was mad because Mike Trout, who's you know, the <clears> best player in the, in the game, basically, the night before got a ball thrown over his head. And so the Eric Swanson from the Mariners said that it wasn't intentional. The next day, like everyone knew it was on, like everyone knew something was about to go down. Huh. They threw it. They threw it. This young Julio Rodriguez, who's like, you know, this up and coming superstar with the Mariners didn't hit him the next inning. So this is still going the next inning. They end up hitting Jesse Winker, another guy. So yeah. all of a sudden he's like, yeah, yeah, it's intentional. It's intentional. But the, the dude who threw at him, his name was once. You can just see the look on his face. He doesn't really want anything to do with it.
2: You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, he charged at me. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, he right. did walk on so, the mound, though. And I think yeah. if you were trying to, you know, create some detente and, and not push it a little bit, you'd stay on the mound, you know, wave him off, say, man, I, you know, for sure. I'm sorry. You know, at least allude to the fact that you didn't mean to hit the guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, well, with that too, but it's it's one of these things because I've been asked to hit people before, and it's like if you <laughs> if you if you wave them if you're like oh hey my bad like this, yeah. all of a sudden your manager you, you can he'll get sent down. This is the dude who oh, you okay. know, they'll send him back to they'll send him because he's not one of these like you know guaranteed contract dudes. Like he, he'll get sent yeah. right down. But so if, speaking of that, so the question I asked: Okay, if someone's if someone's sixty feet away, right, yeah. and they charge at you. What's, what do you do, man? What's the best technique?
2: Well, I mean, how long did we spend learning how to pummel and learning how to close the distance and, and get my hands on somebody and tie them up? I think that's what you're looking to do. If somebody's going to charge you, stand your ground. I would maybe come off the mount so you're not away from the rubber. There's no pits or holes there that you're going to trip in when this, when this collision happens. And then you're trying to get inside. And get to that guy's body and, and you know put him down and hold him down. And now a melee, now that's you know, hell I've never been in a melee like that. That that was pretty crazy. Yeah. And yeah. this there's, there's,
1: there's 50 odd guys
2: all over you and stepping around you and probably standing or stepping on you with cleats on. Uh yeah. that doesn't <laughs> it's fun. I think technique and tactics go right out the window when it, when it right. bench clears like that. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing. They even came out of the dugout that, or, you know, the, Oh yeah. Out in the, uh, well, the bullpen, <laughs> the bullpen even cleared. You have to, oh, man. Yeah. like you have, yeah. you
0: have to, ing- and there's one, I'm going to show you a couple Randy and I, w- I want you to talk through. Cause mm. uh, guys get out there and they start throwing punches right away. Like they, they square off, yeah. they, they square up to each other and they start throwing punches, which, with no gloves on, if your wrists aren't wrapped, right? You're, you're basically, you're, there's a huge chance you're going to break a wrist, right? Sprain a wrist yeah. at least.
2: Or a small bone in your hand, which, you know, in your line of work is a big deal. Everybody assumes that gloves were made to protect the guy being punched. No, they were made to protect the guy's hand. Right. It doesn't break those small bones in his hand. And and if you're bare knuckling a dude on his on his head, your dome is hard, especially most of you are wearing helmets. Uh, that's gonna potential for for something breaking there is pretty significant.
1: I was I was actually I was actually watching a little bare knuckles fighting uh two nights ago.
2: But even that, let them wrap their hands right up to the line of the knuckles. They let them because they don't yeah. want those those small bones in your hand.
1: I think this was in uh, in England, the British. Oh yeah, some British, British league over there in England. Yeah, they were. They were going hard at it, and it was the finals night. They just fight all day. They go, th- they just go right through it, right to the end, right to the finals, and yeah. um, I don't know how they do it. Bare knuckles, yeah, but uh, it's tough,
2: like what the governor, uh, you know, yeah, the, the guy who wins it becomes the governor. Yeah, yeah basically,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets that that and a cold cold beer at the end of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, handshake and a baloney. All
0: right. <laughs> all right, and by the way, Randy, I did send you this. Now, you talked about wrapping someone up, and, and uh, this mm. is this one was, when you look at all the fights going, I mean, there's been hundreds of them, but this one's kind of famous because he's showing some actual technique, and Grant talked about, this is Kyle Farnsworth. Yeah. I sent this one to you yesterday. Yeah, I watched. And it, yeah, so here, I'm, I'm going I'm to throw it up on the screen real mm. quick. Here we go. Where is it? Kyle Farnsworth, here we go. So, here, I'm going to flick this on.
2: Uh,
1: this is, a, this is an this is an this is an
2: old one. I uh, no, oldie even a goodie one. right here. Yeah, a beautiful level change. Uh, penetration drives through him, captures his hips, his center of gravity, and takes him to the ground. Yeah, that's textbook. <laughs> that's a textbook double leg right there, and some grounded pound to boot. He 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 postures up and starts raining down shots.
1: He got a shot off on him until a couple guys get in there. You got to get the quick shots in before your arms get taken by someone else pulling you off, right?
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can see. You can see here too. Look at look, look at Paul Wilson when you back it up here. Look look at this. He's looking on the ground. like, Oh no! He's basically feet off the ground. This oh yeah. is, I think he's in absolute shock at that point, right? Because he's thinking to himself, "I'm going to walk out." And usually, Randy, no offense to – but look, half of baseball players, when they get into it, if there's someone standing by them, they'll start <clears> mouthing <throat> off and get loud because they just assume that it's just going to be – nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So he, you can see in that clip, man, Paul Wilson's yeah. just kind of like looking behind him going, shit, I'm off the frigging ground here. And he's in absolute shock.
1: So well, Carl, that, so... Carl Farnsworth was probably known as one of the toughest. I mean – we're not talking MMA here, but he's probably known as one of the toughest guys in uh, in baseball. You know, the guy's like six, yeah. six, six, seven, two hundred and fifty pounds or whatever he was, and he was a big dude. You know, what I mean, he was. He's a big dude. If you looked him up today, he's he's actually doing some bodybuilding, and he's an absolute beast. He's a unit. <laughs> he's uh, but uh, yeah, he's a tough bloke. He's a tough bloke when it comes to that, but not nothing compared to uh, what I'm sure you faced, but. Um, I'm sure once he got that takedown, uh, Paul Wilson probably was second-guessing himself at that one. <laughs> uh, and, so, and there, so, so.
2: there's a problem with the charge is, is you're being reckless. Fighting is all about distance. So if you're charging into a guy, you're making it easy for him to change levels and, and kind of blast through you and take you down. And there's, there's you know, again, I think if I'm the pitcher, I'm, I'm going to bide my time, let that guy come and time him just like that guy did and try and close the business, get my hands on. I'm not going to stand out there and try and trade with him. That, that's silly. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> All right, so that's a double-leg take now. now here, here's one. I'm going to share this one with you <laughs> real quick. This is uh, Veritech with the Red Sox taking down A-Rod. Trying to take him down. Oh. He tries to. He does like a single leg, basically. Oh. Look at this, real quick. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken <clears throat> here, let me let me pull it up. Where is it? I've got to find it. I? Here we go.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, if you, if you watch this, check it out real quick. I'm going to make the screen big. Bronson Arroyo
1: uh, drills him. He's
2: tiny, what? by the way.
0: You, watch this. So, they're talking, shoves him, and then he tries to pick him up. See that? See how he tried to pick him up right there? Yeah. And he kind of he kinda gets twisted around. So, if you can see this, tries to grab him. He what, tried what, to,
2: what, what? A-Rod was trying to headlock him. He went around the neck. And had, but His helmet came off, so his head slipped out. He ended up with, with this guy on his back which is not right. where he's going be. Yeah. <laughs> wow, interesting. And that was the catcher, yeah. not the pitcher. So the catcher stepping in. That was the catcher. Getting to the-
1: Usually the catcher is going to get in front of the hitter, and he's uh-huh. going to be the guy to try to stop, you know, that hitter from getting to his pitcher. He's trying to protect right. his pitcher. Okay. And uh, that's what happened here, and Veritek and a got into it. He went, looks, looks like he went up, went up. To,
2: this is actually, uh, what you guys are telling me is that this is all ta- is tactical. This is intentional. It's tactical. There's, there are actually something that you guys talk about and discuss. Well, what happens when Well, I, I hit him? You know, the editor tells you to clip a guy, you know, this is going to happen. So you guys have developed tactics and, and, you know, yeah, the going to step up in front of this guy before he gets to my pitcher.
0: Yeah, but see, it, it, you got a lot of guys, and and I'm not saying I'm I'm an expert. I mean, I spent you know 20 minutes doing some you know, doing some stuff with you and, and Jay Glazer back in the day, but at the same time. Like it it was, it's this thing where everyone talks about it and and afterwards too, especially after the Mariners Angels one, Mm -hmm. guys like, oh yeah, I was doing this. I was doing that. No one really knows what they're doing. They're just throwing (laughs) punches all over the place. That's the problem. Uh, And that's why the question is, what do you do? Like, and and that gets discussed too. A lot of guys aren't going to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. They're just going to say, I'm going to do this or do that. I mean, there's other clips too. Guys throwing, trying to throw punches and that just gets wild. You know what I mean?
1: I feel, that, I feel like, too, just – I mean, not having much much uh, idea myself, but throwing some of the – you know, where you can slip a punch across and try to look like you're trying to hit the guy but actually slide him to the side of him and then try to hook him and headlock him, you know what I mean, without, without trying to get your knuckles broken up, you know what I mean, slide a punch and slip him, slip him and get up there and, and headlock, you know, stuff like that, too, yeah. where you're getting a little closer.
2: I definitely but. see some uh, some future possibility for for training here, getting some baseball players <laughs> sure. into in pummeling and dirty boxing, and,
1: and uh, well, we need to protect those hands. So,
0: well, here's one, real quick. I want to show you. I want to show you this one real quick.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, so yeah.
0: punches, punch, punch. So striking, striking technique. Let's have a look at this.
2: Yeah. Good. Whoa, right. Big oh. swing. This is swing big miss big.
1: so this i was in this game randy i was i was with the rays oh wow so i i I had to come in from the bullpen here huffing and puffing and just uh basically just bear grabbing someone trying to hold them out of it that all the punches were thrown right here um if you if you continue it ryan keep it going you'll see some punches in the background over there and a bunch of huddles those punches Kyle Crawford got in there ripping uh, Coco of Crisp's hair and a couple little jabs underneath. <laughs> there was all kinds of stuff going on here. That was a good one.
2: Now, yeah, there's, it, there's the bullpen. Has has any of this ever carried over after the game somewhere else in the, you know, in the locker room or so you know, you run into that guy that you to all with on the field.
0: No, this, nothing nothing publicly. Like you hear about guys like you getting behind, you know, with the, with it, with the the locker rooms come out in the tunnels behind. Oh, here he is yeah. where is he? Where, where's Big Grand at? Where, where are you at, Balfour? You're in.
1: There. I don't know. I don't you're, know. You're, you're
0: about to pop up. You're, you're about to pop up right here.
1: Is it <laughs> somewhere? Because by, by the time by the time we get to get in there, you know, yeah. it, there's a lot going on. So you're just trying to rip people off or hold someone from you know throwing punches or whatever at that time, but. Uh, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I can only ever remember a couple of blokes just, you know, like once you're in the tunnels, like Ryan said at the end, and sort of waiting for a guy to maybe come past in the tunnel, but nothing's ever really gone out to the parking lot or anything like that. And any, any kind of crazy stuff where you're getting some, you know, asphalt rubbed in the side of your face yeah. or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, they try to keep it. They try to end everything, you know, on the field, I suppose.
0: I've got to ask you this too, man. And, and one of the couple of the questions that came up, because I started going back and forth with some people on social media after they're asking about bringing you on. There has to be times throughout your career where people have challenged you outside of the octagon, right? Yeah. Or outside of any kind of you know organized organized mixed martial arts event or any Yeah,
2: kind of- it's usually just the offhanded comment. Oh, man, you don't look that big. I thought you'd be bigger. That kind of crap. And- oh, yeah. yeah generally there's always a bar or, or some alcohol involved with those types of statements and, and those, you know, and I'll put back, oh, yeah, I'll change your perspective when I'm sitting on your chest, looking down at you and, and I'll laugh <laughs> and, and they are not sure what I even said, but I'm laughing and I'm smiling. And, and yeah. Yeah, if, I, if if you walk around with a chip on your shoulder and you, and you want to find yeah. trouble, I'm sure it's pretty easy to find trouble, but it, most people, Either impaired, and, and and their their tongue and lips get a little loose when they're impaired, um, or you know they probably need a little wall to wall counseling anyway. And
1: or well, they oh well, they probably they probably just yeah lost their mind because if they knew knew what you could do to them, they'd probably be uh be quiet real quick. Now I got to bring up Mike Tyson. You've seen Mike Tyson and yeah. people challenging him and, and some of the things he's gone through. I was just curious. Yeah. I was curious with Ryan asking not, if that ever happened to you. I mean,
2: not, not, that extent, not like that. And two instances of that recently, the one was the guy coming into the club where he was at with a gun and that, yeah, really that was nuts. Happened. he was lucky. His, his, his protection was not doing their job that day because he should have never gotten that far with a gun. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah. And Mike handled it really well. He kept his cool and he handled it pretty well. The second one was on the airplane. And now I don't know Mike in his seat, but until that guy threw the water bottle, he kept his cool really well. And I I was talking mad, mad shit, and it would have been difficult Uh, to maintain your composure in that setting. And until he physically threw that water bottle and hit him with the water bottle, it was on then.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I, I give it to him for, for what he could do to the, for what he could do to somebody. He really, really very mild, honestly. Right? I mean, come on. I mean, he got a black eye
2: and, and, and a couple bruises. He's lucky. That's yeah. all he got.
1: Oh, exactly. And I think he even from memory, he even gave the guy a hug. That was trying to that pulled came in with that gun. Yeah. He even that's called. I think hard. he came brought him in and said, "Look, man, hey, it's all yeah. good." And he kind of really settled the situation, and the guy left. Um, nothing was escalated or anything of that sort. So I, th- I thought he had himself really well in such a scary situation where he could have been killed. 100%. You know,
2: absolutely agree, hundred yeah. percent. Man, have you had like have you had any
0: fighters who you've trained or or you know friends who have been in those situations? Like, what do you do if you're a professional fighter, especially especially like obviously the UFC is like a big one, or and Mike Tyson obviously with the pay per views and stuff. But when you're on that, you're at that level there has to be some sort of you know, protocol or something where it's like, okay, if this happens in public, because it must happen all the time, right?
2: It happened happen. Um, to my knowledge, uh, I only know of, of two real instances uh, that it's happened uh, once in the UK and once in Japan. Uh, the UK incident was two fighters uh, in a, in a club um, and, and you know, they had words and, and came to blows the incidents i heard about in japan was a marine and a fighter and the marine got drunk and was being belligerent and and pushed the wrong buttons and i'm not going to mention names but uh you know both of those actually the the same guy was involved in both of those uh situations
1: oh wow yeah so, so you got you have tight protocols as to obviously you're a professional and you know your place. you
2: play it's a lose-lose for sure if, yeah if I yeah. step up and handle business there's a fair chance I, i'm gonna end up in court and yeah. and because i'm a professional fighter I, I won't have a leg to stand on uh there's a responsibility yeah. that comes with that knowledge and that ability to fight and and right. uh you know like i said nine times out of ten these types of situations there's alcohol involved and you're not always thinking as clearly as you should your ambitions are reduced a bit by the alcohol, and, and uh, you'll wind up get you know, l- literally nobody wins in that situation. You can kick that guy's butt, and you're still going to lose. <laughs> you're still going
1: to yeah. have a problem. Yeah. It's like, so- it's, it's the same with professional baseball. I feel like if, you know, if, if you had a bad night, and you're out somewhere, whatever, having dinner, and some guy talks shit about you and say you oh, suck, yeah. and it's not, you've almost just got to, you got to be the bigger guy. you just got to walk away, because all he wants you to do, enti- he's enticing you to go in there hit him, and then wants to sue you for a million, $2 million. You know what I mean? So I guess all professionals, especially yourself, being a professional fighter, um, yeah, just being able to have that maturity and just know, hey, I know what I'm capable of. I don't need some idiot. And you yeah. just walk away from the situation. Obviously, you know you're the world champion or whatever at the time or at what you've achieved. Hopefully, so yeah.
2: Hopefully you'll, you'll have people around you. Uh, that'll have you back in that situation. They won't hang you out to dry and they'll step up and be the bad guy and, and create a, a diversion barrier and, and kind of insulate you from that situation uh, nine times out of 10. I think that's really what happens, um, but you're absolutely correct. Nobody wins in that. And, and yeah, that person is probably seeing dollar signs thinking, Oh man, I'll, I'll mouth up and they punch me and I'll take him to court and get a big paycheck.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I want to ask you too, man. You are obviously, you know, been around MMA for so long. We watch baseball. Baseball has, has evolved a ton. Like, there's good and bad. Like, you know, for example, guys throw – guys you know, they throw way harder now. Like, they're th- everyone's throwing 100 miles an hour. But they're not – I, in my opinion, you know, they can't command a baseball as well. Like, there's just different things about the game that I love that I don't like. What about with, when you're watching the UFC or any kind of, you know, Bellator or any of these with mixed sure. martial arts – when you watch that, do you, is there things that you look and go, man, like <clears throat> the sport has evolved so much or do you look at that even in your position now and go, Oh, you know, I could, I could absolutely own that guy <laughs> if I was fighting him back in the day.
2: Uh, I'm, I'm Cause, little, cause, uh, Cause it's uh, it's
0: natural to compare, right? Like Grant and I sit there and watch hitters. and I'm like, how would I get this dude out? How can I get this guy out? You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. yeah well I definitely still use that analytical mindset when I'm looking at two fighters fighting and, kind of figuring out tactically and technically where their potential weaknesses are and where they seem to be strong. I think I'm well past that. Oh, I think I can beat that guy phase for sure. I started 59 this June and the the song I'm as good once or I'm I'm as good once as I ever was comes to mind for sure. Um, (laughs) But the sport has definitely evolved. I think just like you're saying, the, the science of athletics has come so far. Guys, how are guys getting, you know, uh, everybody's getting 100 miles an hour out of their arm now. They, they've got to be working yeah, yeah. it, right? The technique, yeah, yeah. The, the throwing the ball hasn't changed. So what's changed that's allowing guys to get that kind of speed on a regular yeah. basis? It's it's us taking care of these machines that we're operating. Yeah. It's the only machine you're going to get. So you better figure out how to take care of it and, and put it in for the long haul. Put good stuff in it, mm-hmm. do the work, take care of that. Because tools break down. If we overuse the tool... Yeah. It's gonna break. So, yeah. uh, same as in, and and it seems the same in tactics too. In, in MMA, feels like things go in cycles. Somebody will pull something off in a fight, and then all of a sudden mm. that becomes the new rage. Everybody's trying, mm. it. everybody's doing it. The thing I'm seeing right now is these low calf kicks. When I was fighting, nobody was oh, kicking yeah. in the calf. They were kicking them in the thigh or trying to set them up. Head. Yeah. Now everybody's doing these low calf kicks, and I was training yep. with myself a couple of years ago for one of his fights and he kicked me in the calf. And I was like, I don't, know, bud, don't do that again. That freaking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but now what I'm
1: yeah. saying. So, so basically you're just trying to, trying to chop a tree down, huh? Yeah. You Figured if you take, head take head down, head down head the lower head. half.
2: Wait on that. Yeah. Affect yeah. mobility.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause that just blows yeah, okay. up quick, right? And you basically, it, I've heard about that. Cause like the, all they do is just keep going for it. It's kind of like a, kind of like a, a little cheat code in, in a sense because you take that out then they can't do half the other stuff they're trying to do yeah so do you speaking of that like if you're coaching now you know compared to 10 years ago or 15 years ago if, you, if you're coaching or you you, you know you, you're working out with someone because mm-hmm. i find this with baseball i work with you know whether it's a high school kid or whatever i have to change mm-hmm. the things i did back in the day because there's all this new stuff yeah. that I'm like, oh, yeah. this worked for me. doesn't work for you now because there's all this this better shit. So is yeah. that something Is – there's got to be stuff back even when, when you were training that you can still implement if you're coaching someone now, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I see that – what you're talking about a lot in wrestling, collegiate wrestling because mm-hmm. that's my background of where I came from. And some of the stuff these kids are doing in collegiate wrestling matches now, I'm like, oh, my God. I couldn't imagine yeah. being in that situation – My kneecap would have skipped across that mat right there if I put my in that situation. (laughs) There's no damn way. And uh, for me in MMA, I came from such a unique wrestling style in Greco that's not very popular in the states, and is I think one of the best wrestling styles that translates to MMA. So I think there's still a lot of things I can hand to athletes that I'm coaching that come from that area and that background that they've not been exposed to. And that they can take advantage of, in then right. where you know if I'm just going to go in and teach the stuff that everybody's trying to do right now. That you know that probably be a advantage for me. So I kind of try to focus on that strength and that uniqueness that I had in my background, and pass off some of that knowledge in those situations to guys that are still fighting now. Right.
0: Did Did you ever have any fights where you were actually where you were injured? Like you you were carrying a pretty massive injury, where just like you can't say anything because you, you.
2: I. I. Uh... I went into the Mike Van Arsdale fight with a very, very bad staph infection in my right knee. And, and I had Dang. maybe 40% range of motion in that knee. Um, and I probably should have called off and not fought. I was, had, had to go in and get IV antibiotics for two weeks leading into that fight. They put me on prednisone to knock the inflammation out of the knee. And I have never been that, that tired in a fight, in any fight I was ever in. But he didn't know that. So I remember standing, you talk about body language a lot, right? When we were when we were training together and hiding your secret, never let them know oh, you're tired or, or faltering at all. And uh, I remember after the second round, I had my hands on my knees. The minute break was coming to a close. I was going to have to go back out for the third round. And I'm kept trying to catch my breath and I look across the cage and there's Mike with his hands on his knees looking at me. And I forced myself to stand up and start bouncing. And smiled and winked at him and i saw his face drop and i'm like i got this <laughs> yeah now, now and sure enough less than a minute later I, I, the match was over i had him in a submission hold and it was done but had i not forced myself to stand up and and show mm-hmm. some energy and, and put that facade back up might have been a different night so it's
0: amazing that's energy. what i wanted
1: to ask you about actually the mental toughness like we can teach all these tools and we can teach mechanics and this and that, but there's got to be a, 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 just the a mental toughness that you go through to be able to one step in that ring and two, take the amount of beating that you take yeah. to stay in that fight and the will and the want and the, just the belief in, Hey, I'm still, I'm still on my feet or I'm still in this. I'm still breathing. I'm still going this kind of, What kept you going through some fights? I'm I'm curious, what kept you in the fight? At the end of the
2: day, a passion and and severe distaste for losing. Um, Yeah. And you you develop and find those boundaries in the training environment. That's why your training partners are so important because they're the ones that are going to push you on a daily and weekly to find that boundary, to find that barrier where your brain starts chirping and telling you you're tired and you should quit and you have to learn to push that back and recognize that just because that subconscious voice starts talking doesn't mean that your body wants to give out. You can go a lot longer than you think you can. And this is something that I worked on significantly, Ryan, is a lot of times it's what's going on right here between your ears that's most important. And we spend very little time working on those mental skills to deal with the adversity of competition. And that only comes by putting yourself out there in the training environment, challenging yourself, Trying to find ways to put yourself in that mode where you wanna shut down, where you wanna you wanna sack it up and and, and quit. You have to find that barrier in the training environment or you're never gonna know when it when it's time in the heat of combat, in the heat of the competition.
1: That, that might yeah. be the difference between the champions and, and the and the guys that are, are mediocre, you know? The guys that can guys
2: continue. Fail. Yeah. Everybody fails. I mean, if you're not but, failing, you're not trying yeah. hard enough. So you can't shy away from that. You've got to be willing to put yourself out there and risk failing, risk looking silly, yeah. you know, risk all those things. Yeah. Because the other side of that is if you don't try, you're never going to win either. You're never going to yeah. succeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, it's so funny because, you know, Randy, you mentioned it too. The, the The whole reason why, you know, I was doing some of the MMA training was not because I'm trying to, you know, kick someone's ass on the street or in the in the club that night, whatever, it's, it was because of the, the,
2: the mental side of it. it really that guy that charges the mound
0: that's right I, I i was ready to roll i'm telling you i I was well equipped with that that's for sure but it it was that's all it was the difference was for, for you know for me having just a solid year like the i had the year before that having a you know having a three throwing a bunch of innings to i had a six i remember that year i, I was a i was a shit show i was a mess it was just straight up the the mental thing i talked to grant grant i talked so grant was a little bit older than me a couple of years older than me so i always you know look to him to try and to to get some of the just just that, that different – just that, that fighter mentality. That's what it was because I was going into games where, all right, if it was this glass half full, half empty, I'd go into games saying, if I throw this pitch down in away, way and I miss, he's going to crush it as opposed to, man, if I throw this pitch, he's got no chance. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So – there, there's got to be times, though. There has to be times when you're looking at someone, or he's, they're doing something in the octagon. The first round, they've done some sort of technique, and you're like, "Oh shit, man!" He's trained a certain way. He looks a certain way, and, yeah, and all yeah. of a sudden he comes over you like that. That fear, not fear, but that that intimidation comes in because there's something that you're not prepped for.
2: Yeah, I mean, you take a wild ass guess in your game plan and sharpening the specific tools to solve the problem that that guy poses every batter that steps up in front of you poses a particular set of problems as a hitter. And you solve that sometimes in a split second, make a decision, you know, and let the ball go and and try and solve that problem that he poses. It's the same thing for me walking up in that cage. I had, you know, eight, 10 weeks to study tape to sharpen specific tools and, and, basically make a wild ass guess as to how I think this guy's going to approach me based on what I've seen him do in previous fights. Sometimes you get that right. So, and it's a great night. And sometimes you get that wrong and it's not much fun. Uh, baseball is about
1: making adjustments and I I can see what you're saying. You got to make adjustments on the fly. And if you don't make them quickly, bad things happen. But if you do make the adjustments quickly, typically you can, you know, take care of the situation or whatever
2: having that mindset and that training in the training environment to, to put yourself yep. in those rough situations, in those worst case scenarios and manage to come yep. through. That develops that resilience, that mindset that yeah, hey, I'm gonna be fine. I can handle this. Yeah. Bring it. Yep. Bring it. Give me your best shot. Yeah. I got a lot more to give you.
1: You you love the challenge. That's what you want. You want you wanna face the best. You wanna whatever they got to bring you, you, you you're willing to take it on because that's what you love to do, and, and sometimes that's what brings that. That's what's going to bring out the best in you. And that, you know, I, I mean, I I used to love facing the big guns. Honestly, I did because I knew it was going to bring out the best in me. I wanted that challenge. You know what I mean? I hated yeah. facing the little the little guys that they were the ones that usually got the hits off me because they were the little guys <laughs> that pepped the fastball. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you would let off a little bit when that when that. Big three, four, five hole came up. You were like, all right, fuck this. Come on, hit me, you know, and you go right at him. And yeah. um, I feel like that's when you had your A game. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. Absolutely. You know, you sign up to fight a guy like, like Chuck Liddell or Brock Lesnar, you better bring your A game and, and expect, you know, there's going to be some wrinkles and there's going to be some challenges and you're prepared to, to deal with that. Really making friends with the possibility that you're not going to be successful. And, and then you're going to rely on the people that you know have your back. They don't care whether you win or lose. They're not fans. It's not fair weather. They're, they're real in your life. Those are the people that really matter. They're not going anywhere, whether you won or lost. And, and those are the people that free you up to go out there and put it on the line to risk failing.
0: Red, do you think, Grant and I talk about this all the time. Do you think, and I'm not talking post COVID or anything like that, do you think people as a Society, you think we're softer than what we were ten years ago mentally?
2: I do, I absolutely do. And I saw this not just ten years ago, go back uh, twenty five years, and and coaching at the high school level, and and the kids were their mentalities were changing. There was this video game mentality, and when a match or the practice was going their way, they were looking for the reset button. They were wanting to start over, and that life doesn't yeah. allow you to do that. You got to suck it up, make the adjustments. Pick your butt up, dust yourself back off, and get back out there and find a way to solve the problem, to to, to be successful and to win. And uh, that that's definitely right here. We start giving out performance and and you know, trophies and ribbons for people just showing up. We're creating a particular mindset that that's not healthy and it's not good. That's not how life works.
0: Yeah, you have, you have you and, and this guy. I'm, I'm a parent. I got a seven year old and a three year old, and it's kind of that that balance because you. <clears throat> for me i want to ha- i want my kids to have that mentality like that you know even like grand i don't know if you've watched the Derek jeter uh documentary just came out but his parents were hard were yeah. freaking hard on him you know what i mean and you, you can you can yeah. see it but we, you, now it's just this again i don't want to get into a whole political thing here or a cultural thing or anything like that but it's freaking hard man because like the things that i i feel like a have some value to him. It's like, you're not allowed to, to instill that mm. on your kids. I mean, you had, you had a son, Ryan Couture you know, yeah. competed at the highest level. So as a parent, watching him, right. It's, it's, I just, I mean, how old Ryan now? He's
2: earning he? 40 this month. He'll be 40 this Damn. month. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he, so I'm 39. Retired. All right. So we're around the same age. He retired from fighting, uh, two years ago. He said his first baby, um, him and his wife have, have a baby boy now, Rhett. And uh, yeah, I, I was never worried about him fighting. Uh, I know it's a tough way to make a living. And we had that conversation. He wrestled through school too, which you know was a sport I was pretty successful at. And uh, so we kind of developed tactics and a way to deal with that back then with wrestling. I said, like, look, I'm not gonna be your coach. You've got a coach. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. I'm not, I'll be your biggest cheerleader. I'll try to be at every match, but I'm not going to coach you. I'm not going to scream from the stands. I'm not going to say a damn word, honestly. You're going to have to ask me if you want my opinion. Otherwise, I wanted to make sure that he was doing this for him, that it was something he was genuinely passionate about. And the same thing when he started started wanting to fight, he, you know, I was like, man, okay, well, uh, you know, same thing applies. I, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. You're already dragging around a target because you got the same last name. You know, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm pay the hell out of this as much as possible. I want this to be yours and and not having yeah. as little to do with me as possible, which is impossible because, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just how it is. But
1: Kind uh, of dilute yeah. it a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I like the way you're thinking about it, though. I, I do like that uh, you, you asked him to come to you because you want to see how much passion he has and yeah, how much and I will to I'm want.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. We don't want our kids to go through the same BS that we went through as kids. We want them to yeah. have everything. But in enabling them and handing all that stuff to them and not finding ways to make them earn those things and work for those things, we do them a disservice. We create a sense of entitlement that, that I, I don't think is healthy. It's not good. It's not how life works. You're going to have to work. You're going to get knocked on your ass. You better start doing those things kids. That's why I think athletics is so important for our children. They're gonna lose. They're gonna learn how to lose, how to deal with that, and recognize that you're gonna get out of it exactly what you put into it. So you better step up and make a plan and yep. put everything you've got into it if you want to be successful. That's life.
1: Yep. Yep. For sure. Nothing's handed to you. Nothing's handed to you. You earn it. You go out and earn it. Absolutely.
0: Sure. I just, you know, yep. like, like I said, I've I got a seven-year-old in the year 2022. And it's just like, man, like, because there's, <laughs> you know, and, and my, my wife and I are on the same page, but yeah. it's just different. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just this, all the little friends or whatever, it's it's this, like the same thing you said, every, everyone gets a trophy. I'm like, no, 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 I I can't, I I can't be about that at all. Got to know you just got you know?
1: sometimes I got, yeah, 11 and a nine-year-old and I tell them, hey, you know, such and such has got a phone, they're doing this and that. I say, listen. That's such and such. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to have to be a little hot on you at times and, and be the bad dad, but I know I'm doing good. I know in the in the long run, I'm doing the right thing for him, I believe. So that's just the way it goes, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's how it is. You, you, you have to, in some ways, simulate exactly what is good. At some point, you want them to stand on their own and be able to survive and be a contributing member of society. That means they're going to have to take some lumps along the way and learn that that's how life is. Doesn't mean you'd be cruel or, or any of that. But they, sometimes you need a smack upside the head. I, I mean, that's how my dad was. That's you know how's all my mom was. You know, you knew you didn't step out of line. You weren't sassing anybody. You had a good attitude. You tried to keep a good positive attitude. And when when it got out of control, you needed repercussions for that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Hey, just on that same note, and I don't want to miss this. I got a couple of people that want to ask questions. If someone wants to know. Uh, <clears throat> someone on social media asked me, "How do you rec- when you when you lose a big fight, right? Mm-hmm. Physically, obviously, mentally too. But physically and mentally, I'm just sort of this. I'm going into a little bit more depth there. When you lose a big fight, how do you rec- how do you, wh- what are your techniques to recover
2: from that? From you know, day one on to day whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, there's two two facets to that. There's the physical part of that. You know, did I get hurt? Do I have stitches? Did I get a concussion? Did I get knocked out? You know, I need to address mm-hmm. those things physically, uh, you know, get fixed up and, and give myself proper time to heal. That's why even if you win a fight, a lot of times you're going to get a 30 day suspension. They don't want you in there sparring, taking shots, to the head, doing anything unnecessary, even in the situation where you won. So, and then that's going to be a more significant, you know, ban from training and, and sparring. If you've lost, if you've been knocked out, if there are cuts, if there are other injuries. Um, And then there's the psychological piece to that. You got to go back, study the film, sit down with your team, the guys that coached you and helped you prepare and sharpen those tools and figure out what you did wrong. Figure out where you made your mistakes, what cost you the fight. Sometimes it's as simple as, oh, man, I I literally zigged when I should have zagged. I just, you know, I didn't move my head and caught one, uh, and other times was like, man, I completely misjudged how he was gonna approach me, I should have wrestled him, you know, the Noguera fight up in Portland was one that I lost, that I, you know, but I was very proud of that fight because I did everything I trained to do. I got out of a couple big submissions that most anybody else would have had to tap, and I looked mm-hmm. at the tape after that loss, you know, and that was in my hometown, first time fighting in, in my hometown uh, up in Portland, and it was a barn burner of a fight. A lot of people complimented me after that fight, even though I lost the fight uh, because it was a great fight. But I had to go back and look at it and said, man, I, you know, I didn't want to wrestle with him as much. I, I, he'd been knocked out a couple of times. I thought, man, my striking's come a long way, especially dirty boxing. I think I can beat him in this part of it and, and outdo him there. Well, he knocked me on my ass in two of the three rounds. Um, I should have wrestled before. And going back and evaluating my performance and my approach to that fight. I should have made him, instead of being fearful of his ability in the submission game, I should have made him wrestle me and make him catch me in a submission. I may have been able to beat him and steal some of those rounds that I gave away by standing in front of him and trying to punch and trying to bang with him. So again, the psychological, I sat down with my team, my guys that coached me that were there for me, we went over it. It's like, man, look here, I was successful here. I should have made him wrestle. I should have done this more. And I shouldn't have just tried to punch with him more. Maybe I'd, I'd have swung those rounds in my favor. That psychologically, okay, I see what I did wrong. Now I can make those adjustments. If I get to fight this guy again, great. If I don't, I still know what I did wrong. I can move forward and and come back and, and be better, be stronger. I had a record of 19 and 11 yeah. as a pro fighter. Right, Everyone yeah. Was like, I Our, six championships. No. That means I lost it at least five times. Yeah. The truth right. is I lost it all six. So it's not about winning all the time. It's about how you deal with the adversity of losing.
1: Yeah. I was going to say in baseball, you know, I I could go out there and give it up. The next night I can go out there and have success, you know, and, and be back right on track, you know, wherever I want to be. The ups and downs were always, I try to keep it here, you know. Yeah. I didn't want to get too high on the highs. I want to get too low on the lows. I try to keep an even keel, level head, stay yeah. confident, always confident about what I could do, but never get, you know, Try to get too far low, too high. Try to stay there. For you, like you said, you got to wait thirty days. Typically, you might only get, you might only have three or four fights a year. How, you know, how do you go about? How do you go about waiting or wanting to get back in the ring sometime? The, the anticipation too of wanting to get back in the ring, you know.
2: Yeah. That's absolutely one of the bigger challenges in prize fighting is is the wait between fights, and yeah, me. Uh, those were the times that I wanted to be in the gym and be training when I didn't have a fight staring me in the face because I could try new things. I could explore. I was having fun. It's like a kid in a candy store. Oh, man, did you see that technique he did in that fight? I want to try to learn that. And and so you start doing all these other things in that practice environment that are fun, but at the same time, you're still pushing the ball forward. You're still doing work. You're still putting in work. You're not grinding and beating up your like you are when you've got a fight staring you in the face and you're in camp. It's two a days, five or six days a week yeah. with that specific goal in mind. It's a little more fun yeah. free and fun. And and that's where you learn yeah. skills and develop new stuff.
0: <clears throat> there had to be times though, Randy, that you were worried that, you know, especially early in your career. I mean, I know you're one of the, the, the main guys there for a long time, but or with fighters you've been around with, like, man, they may not, may not get another chance to fight in the UFC. Like, they lose the fight maybe. I don't know how it works with the UFC, for example, if they have, like, a contract of three fights or whatever it is. Yeah. They lose that last one. Man, they may not even get another chance to fight, right?
2: Yeah. And, and here's, you know, and, and I don't know how this is in baseball or what, if you guys statistically have figured out the average lifespan of, of a professional ball player, but professional fighter, the lifespan of, of a of a combative sports athlete is about six years on the average now obviously some stretch that i stretch that out to 14 but on the average guys have about six year window to make that kind of money to be at that level and 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 then it you know, starts to go away and so you better make the most of it you better put everything in place take care of that yeah. six year that time frame whatever that time frame turns out to be because that's the only one you get and most of us don't think forward like that we don't we have this egocentric yeah. nature that makes us good at what we do, but at the same time is our worst enemy. We don't, oh, I will never happen to me. And and that's yeah, absolutely wrong, yeah. man. You know, mindset. It, it will happen to you sooner or later. Nobody's beaten five yeah. times. He's got a yeah, perfect he's, record. He's batting a thousand.
1: Uh, at some point in time, we, we all got, you know, we're going to have to hang it up. Yeah, I got I got to play 19 years of professional baseball, parts yeah. of 14 in the big leagues, and you know, I'm sitting here now, you know, on the sidelines as a, as a fan. But you know, I understand what you're saying. You you gotta, you know, towards the end there, I felt like oh, I got to be a little bit smarter, kind of set yourself up for the for the future and whatnot. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, for
2: sure, that's interesting. Well,
0: Randy, this has been awesome, man. I don't want to keep you too long. We've we've kept you too long already, but. We did get yeah. to the bottom of – and there's other questions too, but I'm, I'm going to skip. We did get to the bottom of what to do 60 feet away when someone's charging at you. Yeah. I guarantee you, mate, down at Extreme Couture this winter, you're going to have all these baseball players. You yeah. need to set up a 60-feet area <laughs> so
2: but guys have can to practice Put them. a pound up in the, in the gym. So That's can... right.
0: That's right. No.
1: No. <laughs> awesome.
2: Leg right takedowns.
1: Single leg takedowns. Yep. It's, all, it's on.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Thanks very much, Randy. Great meeting you. Awesome to talk to you. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, Thanks, Randy, appreciate All it, man. Right. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. Be well.
1: You too. You. All right, you too.
0: See you, man. Oh man, good stuff. I love talking to that dude, man. I, I got to say, when I walked into that, um, when awesome. I walked into that gym in in LA, and yeah, I got him standing in front of me. It was it was scary, dude. I'm not gonna lie, because here I am, what? like. Yeah, I'm in baseball shape. As you know, it's like yeah. these, these, these yeah, MMA fighters are freaking just shredded. And oh, yeah. um, it was awesome, man. I learned it, it's just listening to him talk about some of the mental stuff. That was what it was all about for me. I had a terrible year yeah. in the big leagues. And I needed to get my head back. I was I'd gone yeah. soft, and so I needed a can of toughen up. And um, there was Randy, <laughs> Randy, and a couple of the other guys in there, man. It, it was yeah. it was a blast. I enjoyed it, man. What do what, what you
1: got? My uh, by the sounds of talking to him, they'll toughen you up real quick, put you oh, in yeah. your place, and oh, yeah. uh, really. But um, yeah, just just looking, well, standing there, uh, mate, talking to him, I can only imagine. Just face to face over the camera here, but like you said, just being in the same room as the bloke, like you just feel the the passion, the drive, yeah. the want to win, and do whatever it would take. Like you said, and and the preparation that he had for each and every fight in the training, like you said, to, you know, to go the, to go the full distance, he knew what he could put his body through. Even when he was hurting or his mind said, no, he had that extra in him and that's what, what about, made him you know, the champion that he is today.
0: What about he said, he goes, oh, I had a, st- a staff infection still in there. <laughs> like against, like oh, yeah. someone who could rip Yeah, like one of the yeah. uh, staff infection doesn't say a word gets in there. Right. in and uh, he said too he, I love that he said after that second round he said he had his hands on his hips he looked over he had his yeah. hands on his on his knees or whatever and, he's, and he yeah. stood up did that straight alpha just gotcha
1: yeah Yeah.
0: <laughs> he sort of like started jumping around like yeah. this eight
1: but, ball corner pocket mate oh, yeah. <laughs> just put him uh, put him to sleep in the next round
0: yeah man it fires me up I'm not going to lie it fires me out. I'm, I'm about to hit yeah, that right
1: that's, that's good stuff that's good stuff <laughs> But well, that'd make you, yeah. You know, I got a broken shoulder and make me want to go out and throw a 95 again, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. I was trying to get, I trying to get hit, the, hit the heavy bag, man. That's all I want. to do. <laughs> by, by the way, I guarantee you. Yeah. So, by the way, 95% of our listeners, I looked it up, the the stats here, 95% of our listeners are, are, are men. <laughs> so, they're probably all, yeah, yeah. Darren, so yeah, 95% yeah. of the people listening to this are probably fired up to hitting the gym after that. So, yeah, that's or, awesome. Or, or, or trying to find the closest. MMA gym to <laughs> so learn good. how to rip someone's head off, but no good yep. stuff, man. So it's time for the time for the all in moment from uh, an all in energy drinks big sponsor of the show. They've hit an absolute home run or, or a straight KO when it comes to taste and just being That's better it, for mate. you. So they're all in. I got I've got berry today. What do you got? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm berry. berry. I'm all berry. Over Jeez, here.
1: Straight out of the fridge, and that was the one.
0: Awesome. Good. I think the all in moment from that conversation and by the way I loved all the bench clearance stuff too it was fun but I will say yeah. the moment man when he I he was all in on this two rounds right and and they're, they're 5 minute rounds right in in the UFC yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so he's Three, gone, five minutes. he's gone straight to you know two 5 minute rounds exhausted staff infection said so he's got no mobility in his knee he's tired because he's gotten all this medication or whatever hands on his knees glances over right and we need to find this clip too by the way looks over and old mate's got his hands on his knees he's like oh it's over son it is over. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. i love yeah. it it gets me so fired up i love it dude Th- those yeah. are the moments mate i love it you ever had a moment like that where you've just been gassed and you're like all right boom it just clicks In like i got this
1: yeah i mean there's there's times in your you know in your life where you just like yeah, it, it, no matter what it is, you know, you feel like you you just get that second wind or you, your mind, you just, your mind tells you you can't go any further, but then you just step off. Maybe it's pitching, step off the mound and say, all right, my base is loaded. I'm, you know, I got to get out of this. There's, there's one way or another I got to get out of this. And you just remind yourself, like he would go back to remind himself what he did in training. We'd go back. I usually remind myself of what I did in the past. Hey, I've been here before. You can get out of this. You know what I mean? Don't let this situation take take the better of you. Sure. Step back, reassess it, make a good pitch, get the punch out, get the double play, walk off the inning, whatever it may be, whether, you know, whatever it is. But, um, you know, I think it's it's a mindset. It all comes down to being a mindset and being confident in your abilities and knowing that even when things get bad, you can still, you know, get out of it.
0: I've got one. Um it was the hottest day on record in August in Seattle. I'm pitching against Roy Halladay.
1: 72.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. Hey, it's been hot this week.
1: But no, it no, is. No, I'm no. pitching against right. Roy
0: Halladay, right? And um, yeah. and sure enough, I've got a no hitter going into the into the seventh. And so easy, and he'd given up a run, so I'm and, I'm winning one nothing. But I was yeah. gassed. I was gassed. They were getting the seventh yeah. inning. I give up a base hit, and I'm going to got to tell you, there's no way I was going nine. Like, there's no way. My pitch count was through the roof, and there's no way. Yeah. So yeah. Aaron aaron Hill gets a hit. Whack, right? Base hit. Mm-hmm. And then um, Adam Lynn comes up, hits a home run. So uh, all of a sudden, he gets a hit. Everyone's standing ovation because I got a no-hitter ground in the seventh. Yeah. Before everyone sat down, Adam Lynn comes up, whacks, hits a home run. So I'm down two to one. Uh, I'm deflated. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I'm tired. I want to yeah. get out of here. I keep glancing up to the bullpen. I had that moment. Yeah. And yeah. I remember I walked off the mound. i never forget it. I was like, you know what? Screw this shit, man. This, this is ridiculous. Here I am pitching against Roy Halliday. I'm on today. I gi- I've given up that home yeah. run. I'm all good. Mm-hmm. Get through this inning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you have to get through this inning. The, the, yeah. the bases were clear. I need to get start getting outs as opposed yeah. to just trying to keep stalling because I'm, I'm hoping the bullpen comes in. I got yeah. through the inning. Sure enough, we scored a couple runs. We go ahead, and I end up beating Roy Halliday, dude. So oh, yeah, yeah. he was like my That's one of my – he was like my idol. Like he was my of, favorite yeah. idol to watch, and so yeah. I just remember. I, I go back to that when I'm, when I'm talking to kids or, you know, whoever it is. It's one of those yeah. things, and I think you know, Randy sort of talked about this as well. You have to embrace that. Like if it's hot, right? You yeah. hear it goes, oh, it's hot. I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not. I don't feel right, or whatever. Embrace yeah. it. Take it on and say, you know what? Yeah, I am uncomfortable. Yeah. It's hot. All right, but I'm going to beat it right yeah. now. I'm going to beat this right now. I'm just going to take yeah, this exactly. step and that step.
1: And I'm going to beat it. So. Good stuff,
0: man. All in drink. Go to drinkallin.com slash the top step, and you get ten yep. percent off your order. I'm gonna smash it. Hey.
1: And the next next hot day up in Seattle, don't forget to grab an all in, mate. It's supposed to be cool seventy
0: five. Supposed to be seventy five tomorrow, mate. Yeah, set up the slip and slide outside. Cracky. <laughs> we we did by the way. Get, we set up...
1: get, the, get the kitchen soap out, mate. And put the studs on.
0: <laughs> 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 we did. We out in the backyard. We had. It was like the most bogus. Right down backyard. the hill. We had. I had a slip and slide set up. I had a little like a little inflatable pool. I had yeah. a little, like um, a net set up for badminton. <laughs> <I could laughs> a there a you go. Oh, mini Olympics, on. mate. It was on for young and old. The kids were loving it. It was awesome. Ah,
1: they love that stuff, mate. They they dream about it. And they'll they'll talk about that stuff for years to come. I know.
0: No, it it's was great. A blast. It was good times. All
1: right, no, all, right you,
0: all right, Grant. This has been fun, mate. Awesome. Any, any by the way, any questions you got? Or anything you want to know? I know we got some really good questions after the, um, I didn't get to all of them because I mentioned Randy and, and then I put a thing out there about Randy coming on. So, um, yeah. but no, we've we, we got some really good feedback. Follow us on social media, the Top Step podcast, or just Top Step podcast. Uh, go join the Facebook group, which Grant still isn't a part of. Keep getting asked. There's about a thousand members in the Facebook group, mate. And you're not on. Oh, the- crikey, mate. What are you doing? We need to get you over there. Um and yeah, tell your friends. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends so we can grow this bad boy. That's what we need. Yep. Yep. Subscribe. Click the subscribe button It comes straight up. And uh, you yeah. don't even have to worry about searching for another episode.
1: That's it. Anything else? Yeah. Getting to getting to listen to champions, uh, world champions like like Randy. Definitely. I mean, not every not every day. Uh, you know, you get to do that. So people in yeah. Australia, especially listening oh, yeah. to us. Um, the chance to, to see him and, and, and talk to him and get some insight from him. I think it's great. Great learning skills too for the youngest kids.
0: Yeah, and, and, and kiddos out there, young baseball players, go, go Google YouTube Randy Gatora. If you haven't seen him, he's been on movies and what have you. But go 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 look him up. Go look up some of the highlights, <laughs> see who we're talking to. Yeah. Awesome, mate. A lot that of experience. Oh, yeah. All All right, right, we'll mate. see you next week. All right, mate. See you later. So yeah, so yeah.